The following is general advice only and should not be construed as accounting, legal, or any other professional advice. The details of your situation are fact-dependent and you are advised to seek the help of a competent professional. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to another action-packed edition of CPA Review, the official podcast of Another71.com. As always, I am your humble host, hi, Jeff Elliott, a licensed CPA in the state of Kansas, much to the chagrin of a few, I'm sure. Welcome to the uh, the new office. As you can see, it is well-decorated. So, Another71 Studios. <laughs> All right. Uh all right, on today's podcast, we've got some questions. Hope you have some questions. Hopefully, I have some answers. You can hit me up on the podcast hotline, area code 323-834-9132. And, or you can go to another71.com, click in the upper right-hand corner, Ask Jeff, and it will appear in a future edition of the podcast. So we got some questions. Here we go. Tressa writes, I've decided, <clears throat> I've decided to get back to studying for the CPA exam after a three-year hiatus. Given the exam changes and the upcoming exam changes, where do I start? I plan to use your study materials and am excited to get started. What advice do you have for people coming back to testing after a long break? What is the best section to start with? Uh, the hardest part is just starting again <clears throat> um, because you go from you go from not studying, not being in the uh, exam studying routine, it's a... It's this mental shift. You cannot study for the CPA exam halfway. Either do it or don't. Um, if, you, if you do it halfway, you're going to drag along for several years. Um, I would, st- all else being equal, I would just start with financial accounting and reporting. It's generally the hardest one, or the one that people struggle with the most. And I would just knock that out of the way first. What I would do, I would get, I would research review courses, watch demos, get one that matches your budget. Do you want to go into debt? Are you going to use a credit card? Are you going to pay cash? And use your budget or that matches your budget and your learning style. So, but get a good review course and just jump back into it. Just get her done. Rue writes, I did a simulated practice exam and got a 48%. I reworked all of the problems and got 100%. Do I, need to, do I keep doing this until exam day? No. I do not recommend doing practice, practice exams because, number one, um, the examiners don't grade your exam as a percentage. So if you score a 75, it's not a 75%. Any practi- practice exam you do is going to be a percentage. And number two... Um, Let's say that you do really well on the practice on the practice exam. It doesn't use the same, like it doesn't use psychometrics, and so uh, it's not even weighted like the real exam. And let's say you score well. What is it? What does that really tell you? Um. So, or let's say that you score poorly. What what does that tell you? In, in both cases, nothing. And so, I would do highly targeted uh, mini testlets, like twenty over a specific topic. So say governmental accounting, I would just do 20 governmental accounting questions in study mode. 
And if you're scoring like 70%-ish, then move on. If not, keep doing them in study mode. Snahal writes, <clears throat> I'm studying audit. I failed twice with the scores of 66 and 70. I know most of the scores. I, I know most of the questions and answers from Wiley. What's the best way to study audit? With scores of 66 and 70, there is a significant conceptual hole in your study prep. So there's an area or two or three that you are weak in, and chances are you probably know it, and chances are you probably know what they are. So if you think to yourself, okay, um, what topic do I hope they ask me the least about on exam day? That's one of your weak topics. So um, if you have review videos, you need to watch them, you need to take notes. But there's something going on there. A 66 to 70, um, I mean, you made significant strides from the 66 to 70. So what does a 70 mean? It means, hey, this person definitely has what it takes to pass, but there's a gap there. And, um, you know, chances are you're weak in internal control. Um, you don't, you don't, um, understand the relationships between, um, risk and, and substantive procedures and stuff like that. So, I mean, auditing is surprise is, is pretty conceptual. And so there's some conceptual holes there. If I were you, I would, whatever review course you're using, uh, start over, go through it from the beginning. And I just did this with my hands. I don't um go go through it from the beginning don't cut any corner so do exactly what you get what you did to get the 70 but then you need to do something else so uh marketing alert maybe add like the like the study materials from the 10 point combo the wiley questions um etc but anyway do exactly what you did to score the 70 and then some but Whatever those conceptual holes are, you really need to hit those hard. And if you do that, I think you'll have better success. Johnny writes, do you think it's necessary to refrain from social media while studying for the CPA exam? I check Twitter a lot throughout the day and follow several blogs. I know you've said it takes sacrifice to be able to get through studying. Would you say that sacrifice also applies to Twitter and the news and blogs? Well, for every minute you spend on social media, jacking around on Facebook, reading about people's puppies and some motivational quote involving a, a sunrise and you get knocked down three times but you get up four <laughs> type of stuff. Uh, for every minute that you spend doing that, that's a minute that you could have spent, um, well, I guess on, you're, on, you're on your phone. So, like, let's say that you have the the Ninja Notes on your uh, on your shattered iPhone. I don't know if you can see that. There we go. <laughs> on your shattered iPhone. But every minute that you spend on stuff that does not matter, that's really just a time suck. That's what it is. It's a time suck. And uh, to... <laughs> um, Every minute that you spend doing that, that's a minute that you could have spent doing stuff that matters, like stuff 
that adds value to your day. And um, so I would stop. Well, okay. If you're on Twitter, like let's say that you follow Twitter because like, like for instance, I follow really two sports, college football and mixed martial arts. And so on my phone, I have whatever app I use. I have everyone that I follow for MMA. And so I'll check it like a couple times a week. And that's it. Versus, so like, if you have a reason for checking Twitter, then organize it so that you can quickly get um, what you want. Versus like, I don't know, let's say you follow 2,000 people or something. Who, who cares what they all have to say? So if you have a specific purpose, then um, like, for instance, for instance, you should follow me on Twitter because I have very important things to say, I promise. Um, really, I just set Twitter up. So whenever there's a new, there's a new blog post that hits Twitter, that's about the extent of my uh, Twitterisms, my tweets. But, um, and I think, I think people can, can get bogged down in the Another 71 forum and uh, use that as a time waste as well. But although, if you are going to waste your time, please do it in the Another 71 forum. So, uh, <laughs> but do you have to cut out all social, all social media? Not all of it, but a lot of it. <clears throat> because um, if this exam were easy, everyone would do it. If this exam didn't take discipline, did not take time prioritization, anyone can pass it. So um, anyway, I would really rethink your social media. I would stay off Facebook except, except for following or except for uh, the another 71 page on Facebook. I would stay off Facebook face. Like I said, Facebook's all right. <clears throat> Roberto, Roberto writes, I'm taking BEC in a month for the third time. The first time I studied half of my book and scored, I studied half my book and scored a 65. The second time I watched all the videos and got a 50. Do you have any suggestions for me? Will the ninja system work for me? Uh, Roberto, I don't think that you are spending the requisite time. I mean, I think you need to watch all your videos. I mean, watching the videos, you have to take notes. You have to work all the multiple choice questions. Will the ninja system work like the ninja framework? Yes, it does work. <clears throat> if you follow it, you have to put in like 110% effort, not 65%. Like the uh, ninja framework is a way for you to methodically study. It's not a, it's not going to compensate for, um, for lack of adequate study prep. So Megan says, I'm getting really frustrated with studying far. I put in over 75 hours of studying and I've only covered 34% of the material. I feel like I'm spending too much time on the sections but I'm terrified to move on until I'm comfortable with, with what I'm working on. What advice do you have? Um, <clears throat> we, I guess, particularly as accountants, we have, we are obsessive compulsive. And so we won't move on until we just feel like we're experts in the topic. So, um, and this affects us on exam day because we'll start our test lit. <clears throat> we'll, we'll, we'll start our exam. And so we hit question five. And we cannot get the calculation to question five to come out. And we'll sit there and obsess over it and just freak out and just get pissed. 
And um, and then that ends up cost. So we spend like five minutes on question five, and then that just sets the tone for the rest of the exam, and we end up with a sixty-nine. <laughs> um, so how that how that correlates or the, the parallel into studying is, I just I just did did that. <laughs> um, the parallel with studying is we, we can get bogged down in chapter five when we have eight more chapters to go and we feel like we have to be an expert over over um, chapter five whereas we just really have to know the, the material reasonably well. <clears throat> Watch your videos, take notes, move on. And after you finish your video, after you've taken the notes, move on. Don't go back to that chapter except for your notes. And taking notes is active learning, so you're paying attention. Taking notes takes the instructor's legalese, accounting verbiage, and puts it into your own words. And then the most important thing to do is the multiple choice questions. And with each multiple choice question is four learning four learning opportunities. One, why the question is correct or why this answer is correct, why the other three are wrong, usually. And take notes over your questions too. But the long and short of it, you cannot get bogged down. You cannot have MCQ OCD. By the way, I, I, I coined that term, or I coined that phrase MCQ OCD, so don't steal it. All you review providers who read my site and, uh, and obsess over what I do. So, um, so the key is you just got to keep going because everyone hates FAR. Everyone gets frustrated with it. You just got to keep trucking. Rob writes, what is the most, what is the most efficient and effective study, study strategy for governmental and not-for-profit accounting? I'm going through this stuff and I'm hitting a brick wall because my mind is numb. Do you have any accelerated way of moving through this stuff? Rob, that is an excellent question because I now have Ninja Blitz, <laughs> my Ninja Blitz video. So if you buy a 10-point combo, even the 10-point combo light, you get access to Ninja Blitz videos. And uh, actually, FAR is 100% done. So the other ones are – I'm adding videos to the other sections daily, but FAR is 100% complete. So Ninja Blitz could be an option for you. <clears throat> People seem to really like it. Jack – writes, is there anything I can do if my prior employer won't sign off on my experience? Aren't they obligated to do so? I keep sending them the form to fill out and five months later, still nothing. Jack, um, are they obligated to sign your stuff? I doubt it. I mean, I doubt, I doubt that by law they're, or, um, statute. I doubt, I doubt that they're obligated I'll tell you who does know is that that's your state board of accountancy and call the director and ask him. And, uh, I mean, maybe if you send the, I mean, if you really ask, ask nicely, maybe the director would call the employer. I doubt it. Uh, I mean, you don't work there anymore and I don't know why you left either, either you didn't like them or they didn't like you. But if you, if you ditch them for greener pastures, um, if they have a, a hundred things to get done during the day, um, 
filling out a form for a former employee is probably not high on their list. So um, what I would do is maybe, well, call them and see if you can buy them lunch. And uh, I'm assuming that, you, you're, that you're still on speaking terms. And then get it done that way. I mean, you're gonna you're going to have to go above and beyond to get a former employer to sign off on something. Although my former employer signed off on mine, but um, maybe that's just because I'm a nice guy. <laughs> Actually, they were nice. I was at their mercy, and they were nice. That's the that's the uh, real story there. Caitlin writes, I have com- a complete video course from 2010 that I never got around to using. But I'm going to start studying for the exam soon. Do you think I should buy an updated package or can I get by with 2010 materials if I add Ninja and Wiley? Um, Well, there's been some switch around. I think from – did the switch around happen like from BEC and Reg in 2010 or 2011? I can't remember. Uh, But definitely for auditing, I would get the updated materials, although the Ninja stuff – Ninja and Wiley will include the updated materials. Um, the best practice is to use 2013 materials. I do see people on the forum using 2010, 2011. So it's up to you. It is a calculated risk. I mean, what are you risking? You are risking the cost of another NTS, which is not only monetary, but it's also your time. So that's the risk there. To you, I mean, it's not like if you use 2010 materials and you fail it, it's not like they're going to kick you out of the CPA exam. That's not the risk. The risk is money and time. And uh, so if you're going to do it, I would try it for – try using your 2010 materials for something like BEC or REG. Um, and then, of course, you mentioned supplementing with Ninja and Wiley, which are updated. That might be fine. Um, but – I mean, just my just my CYA answer is uh, always get 2013. Always use updated materials. <laughs> Sylvia writes in. I've I've recently taken the auditing exam. I felt like the first test was straightforward, and the second was progressively harder. The third was much harder than the second. Is that a good sign? Do you know how the mater- how the MCQs are graded? Well, there's two levels. There's medium and hard. And so, um, if you had you started out a medium and then your second and third felt like they were so well if your third one felt like a nightmare that's usually a good sign if if you just coast through your exam and it's like oh man that was just so easy i would that might be cause for concern if uh if if a couple of your tests were nightmares that's a good sign and um each well how they are graded? I think up to up to fifteen to twenty percent are pretest, which means that they don't count. They're checking to see if they want to include them in the future. Um, and as you move into the harder testlets, the questions are wordier, they're more difficult, and they're worth more points. So that's how that works. How are we doing on time? All right, twenty minutes. That's that's a good amount. All right, everyone, send your questions and comments. Go to another71.com. Ask Jeff, the upper hand, right-hand corner, and it will appear in a future edition of the podcast. Or give me a call. Hit me on the podcast hotline, the Ninja hotline, 
Area code 323-834-9132. That's a California number, and I'm rocking it here in (laughs) Topeka, Kansas. (laughs) All right. Have a good week, everyone. Be good. Take care. I will talk to you soon. I'm not impressed by your performance. See that? He's being funny.